0: This is the Quantum Biology Podcast, where we break down the practical health applications of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. In this episode, we get into the details of homeopathy and how it's due for a comeback now that we understand the quantum physics of living systems. Once a well-regarded and frequently used healing modality, homeopathic remedies are currently regarded by the medical establishment as pure quackery. Heather Shepherd is here to explain why homeopathic remedies are so useful as part of an overall healing plan, especially when it comes to trauma, grief, and other emotionally-based issues. Heather is a practicing homeopath, a homeopathic educator, the author of the Sunlight Rx and the host of the Primal Pioneer podcast, where she gives in-depth lessons on sunlight, nutrition and homeopathy. If this conversation inspires you to really nerd out, we have linked to the paper Heather mentions in the show notes, the spin of electrons and the proof for the action of homeopathic remedies. Enjoy.
1: All right, welcome. We are here with Heather Shepherd, homeopath and quantum clinician, author of the ebook Sunlight Rx, and current uh, farm owner. How many pigs did you get yesterday? Oh man,
2: we got four. We got four, and we had this huge pen already. We're like, okay, here we go. And they, we, we get them, and they're like this big. <laughs> and my wife's like, oh no, they can't go outside yet. So, literally, In, like, our mudroom of our house. (laughs) Yep. So that's our current status. Yep. So great. (laughs) You never know
1: what you're going to find when you do a quantum biology collective interview. Four (laughs) pigs in the mudroom sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that's awesome. So you and Jen have your farm going, oh, just quickly, quickly before we get off the farm, how many chickens are you up to?
2: Oh man, we have 80 chickens, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) but we'll, we'll be transitioning some of them, they're meat chickens. So they'll, they'll be, um, they'll be called in the next couple of weeks. So we'll have a lot of, a lot of chickens (laughs) to eat. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, it's so, I mean, I was just telling you before we started recording that we got a puppy and honestly, like the the true reason we got the puppy is because I was not going outside enough and I was like, you know, what gets you outside animals.
2: (laughs) So true. They make you go outside. Yeah.
1: Like you cannot live a completely indoor lifestyle. I mean, maybe if you have a cat, but, um, yeah, if you have a dog or any or a
3: bunch of pigs and chickens.
1: Yes. Yeah, you are outside with, with so them
2: true from That's the so crack true. of dawn all day long <laughs> after dinner. It's so true. They they need you all the, It's like a it's like a small child. <laughs> yes. You know? No.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that needs to go to the bathroom outside. only. Yeah. So there's there's my pro tip for anyone who's like struggling to adapt a quantum lifestyle. Get a puppy.
2: <laughs> you That's will. a good one. That's a really you know? good one. Yeah. Like
1: she she's not an alarm clock. I can turn off. She wakes up pretty much around sunrise.
2: Yeah. Um, and that yeah, works well. <laughs> and then you get exercise in it too.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm outside moving. Yeah. And I have to say it's funny. I mean, we've been, you know, you teach the sunlight module in the applied quantum biology certification. And I've listened to it like dozens of times. And I know all of these things. And still we got this puppy and my, my morning light went from five minutes to like 45 minutes. Uh-huh. And I'm saying to my husband, I'm like, wow, I feel so much better since I got <laughs> this puppy. <laughs> like, And I know, I know all the things, right. But sometimes uh-huh. it's like, the difference between knowing the things and doing the things, yes. and still, and I know, like I, that's why I got the puppy. Was so I would do that, and I'm still like, wow, this yeah. really makes a difference to life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man, it's so true. I mean, anyone, you get caught up with life no matter how much you know. And so until you're you're in this situation where you either have 80 chickens and four pigs or a new puppy and you have to go outside. Like after my clients are like sprinting down the driveway to feed animals. I'm like, wow,
3: I feel in shape.
2: You know, like, what's going on? <laughs>
3: yeah so true. yeah I
1: know it's true and I think that's a good point to make because I know when I listen to podcasts especially like health and wellness or personal development I'm like oh those people on the podcast do all the things all yeah. the time they're perfect
2: yeah I suck but yep. really,
1: no. like we're all on a journey
2: <laughs> we are it is so true yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah. tell us speaking of journeys tell us how you got into um understanding the importance of light and health and then into homeopathy we're going to talk about uh homeopathy as a as a quantum therapeutic model in this podcast but let's start with sunlight
2: okay i'd I'd be happy to um so when i was 23 i had a tbi i was in a car accident hit my head knocked unconscious Um, they had to come in pull me out with the jaws of life they take me to the hospital i'm like in and out of consciousness on the way and i and all my scans came back clear i was like okay great i'll be ready to go because at that time i was training professional athletes so it was very much a body oriented job and um i just kept waiting day day month year after year literally no improvement or i would say very little improvement and i tried wow. everything. i tried Every alternative thing. So the
1: symptoms that came from that car accident, even though the scans were clear, the symptoms did not improve.
2: That's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. With dizziness, migraine, headaches. My gut got totally messed up. I had serious IBS. Um, and then I think because that access was off and from the accident, I had a lot of PTSD from it. And mm-hmm. so I tried literally everything you could think of. And I think um, several years went by. I happened to like listen to a podcast by Jack and I, and I said, Hmm, something is, this is interesting. I've tried everything else. Why don't I just start going outside a little bit more and watching the sunrise. And so I did. And I literally within a week I watched the sunrise and this was in a therapeutic way. I was out there for like an hour you know, in my birthday suit doing the sunlight or, or you know, not the sunlight RX at that time, because I hadn't put that together, but just watching the sunrise. And I was like, I feel great. This is my anxiety was down. My digestion was better. I was sleeping. That's one thing that was off since the accident is I had wicked insomnia. Um, and um, I had, I got migraine headaches. Every time I'd go out in the sun, So I was a little skeptical of trying to get more sunlight because I was like, yeah, but I'm really sensitive to the sun. So I just started going out there and then I started to to pay attention to when the sun kind of went into a different octave. You know, it changed from the, the AM sunlight, the sunrise light to then the UVA and then the UVB and then kind of work its way backwards. And I noticed I would feel different things in those spectrums. And I was feeling great. And then I put together the Sunlight RX from that experience um, and taught it to my family. And uh, my wife, who had depression at the time, she did this. She hasn't had depression since the Sunlight RX. Um, She tore her her retina um, when we first met, like over a decade ago, did the Sunlight RX. The doctor's like, oh, you'll have a retinal detachment again in the other eye and then the same eye multiple times, never, never has had another one since. Um, so, and then I applied it to my clients and it was huge across the board with regard to the breakthroughs. So, um, so that was, was a really big milestone with regard to healing my TBI, but there were some, there were some things that were still like, Uh, you know, I'm still a little anxious. I still have some of these nagging symptoms that are lingering. I saw a homeopath and I was like, whoa, that was like, that was the the sunlight combined with homeopathy transformed my health and that healing experience in huge ways. Then I went on to study it for uh, four and a half years homeopathy and, um, have been practicing it for almost a decade now. And, um, it's been a very powerful medicine for me and, uh, and for my clients over the past several years as well. So I'm excited to talk about it more today. Oh,
1: I really want to get into that. Um, so just going back to the injury for a second, Knowing mm-hmm. what you know now about how the the body works from a quantum biologic perspective, that we um, there are quantum mechanical processes happening inside of living systems, contrary to what the, the textbooks <laughs> say. Um, how do you explain what your symptoms were, even because it's interesting to me that the scans were clear yeah and yet your injury was to your head, and yet your symptoms were sort of all over the place, all different okay. kinds of things, from psychological to sleep yeah. to digestion. yeah do you have you developed a theory of like what what that traumatic event did to your body that caused that cascade of symptoms?
2: yeah um well i I sense that the shock of that experience it was such a sudden jarring shock that Um, what I sense happened is not only the injury because there was definitely an injury to my brain. You know, I hit my head and there were some symptoms in that area. But also the shock that came from that experience, I feel like completely changed the quantum spin rate of the electrons in my body throughout my body. Mm -hmm. And, um, And they basically went from this, you know, like very... Uh, high energy athletic um no health issues to this complete reversal and i sense it combat that, that shock completely changed how um the electron my, the, the electron spin rate of many of the electrons in in my body and in certain parts of my body um and parts that i Personally, have more of a, a, a genetic predisposition or susceptibility toward, and so once that shock came in, that was enough to put my organism over the edge and um, and, and change the way my my body produces energy, my body produces ATP, the way my the electrons spin in uh, my organism, and so I think the the entire fo- my entire force field took on a completely different
3: nature from that experience. That's yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's interesting too cuz so so
1: from what you're saying someone else could have a similar traumatic accident but their their symptoms might be different depending what their predisposition was
3: or
2: what absolutely. their weaknesses were. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely somebody else might be in that situation not have any anxiety or PTSD or maybe just be able to walk away in you know, a week and be totally fine. Somebody else may have been totally incapacitated for, for, you know, their life. And I think it, it, um, and I know we'll get into this, but really depends on genetic predisposition and the state of the organism going into an experience like that. And it can happen to anyone, whether it's a a shock or a grief or, or, um, a frightful experience, like really, truly frightful experience you, you witness it can change the way the electrons spin in your body and um, will first and foremost, um, this is a little bit of an aggressive word, but kind of attack or focus on those areas of predisposition will get influenced or compromised first in a situation, you know, like that.
1: So you tried a a lot of different healing modalities. You had like Probably the most perfect diet in the world (laughs) it was like not not getting you there and then so the first big breakthrough was with the sunlight yeah so what was the sunlight doing to help with that situation
2: oh man well for one i do think it was it was finally my mitochondria were receiving this light that i hadn't been exposed to in years because after the um the accident. I lived mostly uh, more of an indoor lifestyle before that. I was very much outdoors and and so forth. But after that, I was very much indoors. I had started an online business, so I was you know exposed to EMFs also, and and my brain wasn't getting the nutrients. And the photons it needed in order to to heal. It wasn't in the the correct environment to heal by living an indoor lifestyle, working online all the time. I hadn't no idea about Ethernet, you know, at that point either, or anything like that. So, um, so my sense is that, um once I started getting exposure to the sun, my brain just soaked up that light like a sponge. And, um, the mitochondria I, I sense in, in my brain, which we know it's the the largest square footage of mitochondria in the body, in the brain. Um, and I think it was just like absolute fuel for, for helping to heal my brain. And that's where some of the most, um, noticeable changes were initial, initially, you know, the migraines, the dizziness, the sleep, all of these, you know, um, Brain area, you know, issues started to clear up first. And, um I sense it was really because the my brain needed those photons to help change the electron spin rate in my brain to help refuel the mitochondria in my brain after that traumatic event. yeah.
1: And so what, like in, I just want to point out, sort of, if we have any new listeners or right, people who are new to this information. Um, In the context of quantum biology or biophysics or chronobiology, and then a subset of that would be circadian biology. Sunlight is viewed as a nutrient, right? Whereas the more traditional view would be that it's dangerous. A more neutral view would be like, no, it's not dangerous. You should get some sun. But our view is that, that it's actually an integral nutrient for the body and controls the circate our circadian biology, which controls everything else. Could you just talk about that perspective on the sun for a
3: second?
2: Yeah, that's a, a an amazing perspective. I think it's a life changing perspective. At least it was for me. I've seen it be for a lot of people. Sunlight, you know, we think that plants are the only things that need sunlight, and we observe animals. They're always trying to go towards the sun. They get overheated. They go away in the shade, and they they kind of oscillate back and forth um plants need light humans need light too it's it's like food for us as well it's food for our mitochondria it allows us to produce more atp energy it allows us to heal and repair there there's the list is is really long it, it replenishes our replenishes our melatonin stores um which allows us to heal repair at night um prevent disease heal from chronic disease and um it's literally one of the most important nutrients that that we need as as humans and um it's really easy to get it's free outside anybody's door you know we can step outside and get it any time and um there's been a lot of misinformation thrown at us over the past you know several years about the dangers of of sunlight and how you should actually avoid it and I always like to propose the question as you know, people who get skin cancer or usually on the on the face, how much sunlight are you looking at versus how much blue light are you looking at from a screen? And usually um it's it's a huge imbalance. There's way more screen time than sunlight time, but we haven't connected the dots. Yet, as to hey, maybe that has something to do with this massive surge in skin cancer, especially of the face—not melanoma, but skin cancer. Um, so there's been a lot of misinformation, and we know that skin cancer rates have have gone up two to seven percent per year since the 70s when sunscreen was introduced. So um, one of the one of the most, I think. Um, the greatest benefits I think that platforms like you all are offering to people is, Hey, it's so, it sounds so simple to get sunlight, but this literally (laughs) is one of the most important aspects to our health and our recovery and our recovery from chronic disease. And also um, it's a necessity. So um, I know now today, knowing what I know about sun and practicing the sunlight Rx for so long if I go days with like, there's cloudy days or in the winter, I feel it. You feel it in your body. You feel a difference. It's a very, very tangible experience. And, um, and I think once you start to experiment with that or, or get more sunlight, you you too will really notice the difference in your body and your energy and and so forth. Very palpable. Yes. And it's, it's
1: one of those things that I when people are skeptical skeptical it's like okay well just try it for a few days and see how you feel and yeah i I have not had i've suggested that to a few people you know just friends and things and uh, i have not had anyone come back and be like yeah nothing like (laughs) oh my god my sleep is so much better
2: right no one's ever like huh that was overrated
3: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that would die so true (laughs) Um, okay. So you, you were, um, suffering from the results of this injury in like multiple different ways. And then you just, um, through Dr. Jack Cruz, you started to develop a sunlight protocol and that was transformative to your healing. Hugely. And then the, but then the final piece was the homeopathy.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: So
1: explain to us what homeopathy is.
2: This is a really good question because <laughs> everyone or a lot of people are like, "What's that?" You know, you know, we we have the mindset or the thought that it's like a, an herb or a supplement, and um, not that those things are bad. It's just not what homeopathy is. So, homeopathy um, is a, like quintessential quantum medicine in in my perspective. But I'll explain it to you, and you can you can see what you think as well. But so you take a, a substance from a plant, an animal, um, uh, a mineral, and you dilute that substance. And then you you can, well, once you have it diluted, then you do something called um, succussion, which you shake that substance very vigorously. And today they have machines that do it because you literally need to shake it millions of times. And so um, depending on the number of succussions, you come up with what's called a potency. So let's take sulfur, for example. You can have sulfur, you dilute it, you take uh, part of that sulfur out and you- And what's it diluted
1: in, like water?
2: It's diluted in water usually, yeah, yeah. So you dilute it, you succuss it, and then you succuss it to the potency that you want. The potency is the strength of the of the remedy. Okay. The high strength so is
1: that like if you see it, the little bottles, it says like 30cc yeah, or exactly. Two hundred cc.
2: That's the potency. That's the potency. Okay. And interestingly, the higher the potency, uh, the more times you shake it, the higher the potency. And the less um the there are the less trace elements of that subject are in that higher potency so okay. the higher the potency the less of that substance is actually there you're just okay. left with the energy why people okay. are like these are just sugar pills that's you know and so but yes. if you take a remedy you will often know this is more than sugar pills yes. so you will you will often know so Once you get to 12C potency or higher, there is literally no um, components of the original substance remaining in that remedy. I only work with 12C potencies and higher. So there's literally nothing remaining of the original substance except for the um, quantum energy components of that substance in the remedy.
3: Okay,
1: that,
2: that was a long answer and it may have been confusing. So let me know. No, if you...
1: it's good because that was always the, um, criticism. Well, yeah. there were a lot of criticisms, but the criticism right. I heard most often against homeopathy people, were like there's nothing in it. Yeah. It's just sugar pills. It's just right. like, it's all a lie. It's a placebo effect at best.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: right. so right. homeopathy is something where like that, it seems to me this, who is the uh, Was it
3: Hahnemann.
1: Yes, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Hahnemann seemed to understand we're operating on a quantum level back yeah. in whenever he did.
2: Back in the, day, the day, 1800s. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, but as, as we became more mechanistic in our view of of science and the body,
3: yeah,
1: it became, I could see how it would be using a traditional model. We, it would be difficult for a scientist or a doctor to accept it. I Like, I get
2: that. Except that it works, <laughs> <laughs> except for that you know, except for that part, that small part, right? And interestingly, homeopathy was a core component of the the medical school curriculum in the United States, especially in the New England states, um, up until the Flexner report. That then totally said, out with homeopathy, in with um, pharmaceuticals. We can see more people. The whole um, uh, medicine changed in a huge way after that report came out and homeopathy was at the core of medical training, which a lot of people, um, mm. are unaware of because it's been totally shoved under the carpet, but there's actually a lot of papers and information out there on this, that the, the way we practice medicine, um, today drastically changed after that event. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it was, it was recognized even if, it couldn't be necessarily the mechanism mechanism of it couldn't be explained. It was recognized as a therapeutic tool because because it got results.
2: Yeah, it got results, and it's it's not ideal for the medical for for especially what the Western medical system to use this medicine because a client comes into say my practice and you have two thousand remedies to choose from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like somebody comes into the the allopathic, you know, doctor's office, they have, you know, give an antibiotic, give a steroid drug, um, you know, the options are, you know, you can count on one, give a statin, give high blood pressure, you know, you count on one hand. It's like the same thing for everyone. So um, it's not, it it takes time to do an intake and to really come to somebody's remedy. Um, and you know, our system, our medical system definitely isn't set up for something like that. Even if they did believe in it.
1: That's true. Not at all. There's not. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you have the resume, the remedy, which mm-hmm. is, uh, a diluted energetic echo of whatever the original substance yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and then how, how does it help? Like how would, uh, so we're, if we're, let's stay on the sulfur example, like how would taking a sulfur remedy, if it was, if it was the correct one, if you had decided, okay, this is, this person needs this, like what's happening.
2: Okay. That's a good question. So, um, so I'll bring this in, in the context of, um, conventional medicine and how even even some other um, alternative ways of practicing medicine tend to base their treatment on um, the law of opposites. So you have diarrhea, you take something that will bind that's a, acts as a binding agent. You you have you're vomiting, take an anti nausea. Um, you know you have a bacterial infection, take an antibacterial. This is kind of the mindset that, um, uh, many people practice under with regard to any type of medicine. Homeopathy is unique in the sense that it treats based on, I'm sure everyone has, has heard of this or many people, um, but like cures like, so what that, what that really means is somebody comes in, we've got this sulfur person as an example today. And, um, they're, they're really arrogant and egotistical and they have, you know, all these symptoms of um, uh, sweating and their sweat smells and their stool smells and they get really overheated and they stick their feet out of the covers and you have this array of sulfur symptoms and they're messy. You do the interview with them and their 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 shirts unbuttoned and they're like, have a little egg stain here, you know, something of this is a sulfur like kind of essence. And so- um, Okay, so
0: like, so any given remedy
1: will have like a set of characteristics- Yes. That you can look for in a person.
2: Yes, exactly. And so if you took sulfur, like let's just say, undiluted in its toxic form, um, your body would actually produce those symptoms. You would produce, um, diarrhea that has a really strong odor or, um, you know how you, if you eat too many like sulfur rich foods, like garlic, and you have these scents and this wicked gas and you know, all this stuff, right? So we know that in, uh, like a toxic dose, it's going to cause those exact symptoms. So in homeopathy like cures like means we give a remedy that actually produces those symptoms when it's taken in a toxic dose but we're not giving it in a toxic dose we're giving it in a quantum dose so it actually does the opposite it goes in and cures those symptoms when you give it in a minute dosage so okay
3: yeah
1: so if you're taking the the energetic resonance. Yes. Of the substance. Yes. It is going to meet up with that energy in the body and
3: balance
2: yes. it
1: out or.
2: Yes. Okay. So then uh, what happens, you take the remedy, let's say you need this sulfur. So typically in homeopathy, you take the remedy and there's a slight aggravation of those symptoms for a few days. The individual may have a little bit more diarrhea, may have a little bit be a little bit more overheated, we'll have a slight aggravation. And this um, is actually needed, this aggravation phase is needed in order to get a cure because it's the way that the remedy goes in and increases, strengthens the immune system. So the immune system is able to react and produce a, a, a little bit more, like intensify the symptoms just a little bit more to get it over the hump, to get it towards its cure. So then Several days later, after the aggravation, you're like, "Huh, I feel better. I don't have diarrhea anymore. I feel like you know a sulfur person will then start to go and clean their house and wash their clothes. and like, you know, it'll be like it'll be suddenly their bedroom's a disaster, and now it's clean. It's like these things will start to transform um, soon after taking the remedy. So another important aspect of homeopathy is this aggravation phase is actually needed to get someone to, to quote unquote, their cure. And we often don't recognize that in medicine. We just think, oh, you take something, we want to immediately feel better. And we do want to, we, you know, that's ideal. Um, but the reason that we don't feel well in chronic cases is because the immune system isn't quite strong enough to get us over the hump. So we have these like continuously nagging symptoms that maybe get a little bit better, but they're still, they're still there. And homeopathy gives the immune system a boost to, to get, to be able to have the strength to overcome whatever condition somebody is struggling with. And, um, that's, that's the importance of the, uh, the aggravation phase.
1: Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a lot of layers.
2: There's a lot of layers yeah. to it. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So and that and that is one thing that I think is very interesting. Like my my husband and I joke about we love we love homeopathy intakes, right? Because it's like <laughs> we're, we're like, it's like, okay, do you like pickles? <laughs> it's like, hmm, okay. Do you like really loud rock music? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And like, yeah. do you, do your feet get really hot while you're sleeping?
3: Right? Like, it's like, you're just
1: sitting there going, what is happening? And These are but so it horrible. all comes together. Yeah. So what, yeah. like, what are you digging around for? Because those are all real questions that, yeah. like, These I have heard like, asking yeah. In homeopathic intake.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I know. There's some, you know... When I ask somebody if they have to lean back when they pass a the stool, they're like, what is that? <laughs> Who cares? Like, why? <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> I love it. No, but but it's true, because you were doing, you did one with my daughter, my teenage yeah. daughter, right? And you started asking her some questions. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then you were like, okay, okay, do you like pickles? And she was like, yes, I love <laughs> pickles. You're like, "Ah." Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Do you love, like, do you like to listen to your music really loud? She's like, Oh, but then you just were off like on this whole tangent of totally that seemed to me random questions. And she was like, yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> they seem random. It's true. Yep. <laughs> okay.
1: So, all right. So what's oh, happening? Wow. What is, what is the connective thread yeah. through all of these?
2: What's up with that
1: questions? Yeah.
2: I think the really simple answer is, um, with homeopathy, we want to understand the entire person in order to make an accurate, in order to get them, you know, there's 2000 remedies where you have to sift through when we're doing an right. intake. Yeah. So there are, and I, as a homeopath, I want to understand how the organism is acting on a, on a whole, like on the whole level, like mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and this holographic approach really gives, um, exquisite information on, um, what the organism is doing in order to basically not go into a deeper pathology state. So we will literally crave things. We'll, we'll feel hot or cold. We'll, um, will uh, behave in certain ways mentally, emotionally, in order to prevent a certain pathology from going deeper. Our body like we think of symptoms as like, oh, I have a stuffy nose or a hay fever or something like that. But quite literally, your body will um produce, you know, symptoms, so to speak, on all different layers, levels to prevent that pathology from going deeper. It's it's a pretty body's ingenious. Wow. So
1: what do you, so what do you mean by that? Like there's something off in the body and to stop it from getting worse. Yeah. My my body, my system is going to throw up these symptoms.
2: Yes. So let's take the sulfur person, for example, like a, a, a sulfur. If somebody needs a homeopathic remedy sulfur, they usually have an aversion to eggs. And we know that there's a lot of sulfur in eggs or sulfur producing byproducts in eggs. And so the body will quite literally um, not want to eat that food because of that reason. There's an imbalance in the body. So, and like the person sticking the feet out of the covers, your body, one way it regulates temperatures through the big toe. And so at night, if you get overheated, your body will naturally start to stick its feet out of the covers. And so this tells us a lot about temperature regulation. If somebody gets overheated easily and so forth but really even like the craving of the pickles is like that is doing something for the organism and that's what we want to get curious about so it's a very specific and and individu- individuated medicine in that way of really looking at somebody in a a deep a deep way on on mental emotional and physical levels so yeah yeah. So
1: yeah, and I want to get into the to the emotional level because I, personally, my best experiences with homeopathy have been yeah. for emotional healing. Yeah, um, I don't. I think maybe I'm not quite patient enough to use them for acute situations. <laughs> like, I want to feel better now, not next week. Yep. Uh, yep. But I, um, you know, as I I told you before, in my I guess in my twenties, I did a constitutional homeopathic um, course of course of treatments and like landed on my, what's it called? Your, your main remedy,
2: your constitutional remedy. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that was,
1: that was like, had a very profound effect on me. I like, I like took it and basically passed out Like I had a, had a nap right there. (laughs)
3: Nice. That's awesome. Great reaction. And then
1: I woke up and like made numerous life changes that just seemed all of a sudden very obvious to me that I hadn't, you know, anyway, it was, it was quite profound. Awesome. Um, so, to, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like what okay. was, what was going on there? Um, and what is, what is, how is homeopathy so supportive for, oh. for yeah. the spiritual, emotional, psychological part of it?
2: Oh man, that's, that's a, a good one. It's, um, I don't want to say, I'm going to be a little bit careful about how I say this, but homeopathy is astoundingly helpful for mental, emotional imbalances, People who see therapists for years, people who try, you know, things for you, not that you shouldn't stop seeing your therapist if you are, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm that, but, but the progress that can be made after giving a remedy for the mental emotional state is huge. And I'll backtrack, I'll, I'll give a little bit of context here. Typically, um we see imbalances on the mental emotional plane. Um after either uh, a trauma or a big like grief or a big shock uh or we see it after um a suppressive therapy so did I break up at all yeah that so okay.
1: you were saying typically you see mental emotional imbalances after a trauma and then we lost you for a minute
2: Okay, so typically we see mental emotional imbalances start to come into play after a trauma, a grief, um, a divorce, loss, a shock like my car accident, um a big fright. Um, or we see it after um, too many rounds of suppressive therapies to put the immune system over the edge. Um, so, um, the pathology, so to speak, can penetrate into the physical Is seen kind of as like the outer layer, the mental layers, the, the deepest layer in the organism. So when we see mental emotional, um, issues, struggles come up, we want to address those first because we know that's going to impact, impact the organism on it, on the deepest level. So, um, so we can use homeopathy to help um, the organism unwind. And there's actually a great study called the spin of electrons and the proof for the action of homeopathic remedies. What happens is when we take, and I know we, we talk about this a lot in the quantum world as, um, when your electrons aren't spinning, you know, adequately, or your mitochondria aren't, healthy or in a, in a good place, you know, I'm speaking very basic terms. Um, then we see health, uh, excuse me, then we see illness or pathology or symptoms appear. And I think a, a huge room we have for growth. In, in addition to that is when we take a look and understand how, um, traumas, and frights and shocks, as well as suppressive therapies also change the way the, the, the spin rate of electrons. So um, when we have a mental emotional pathology, something has set the stage for for that pathology to penetrate into the mental emotional layer, whether it's a shock or a suppressive therapy. Whatever it may be, we can use homeopathy to then unwind that suppression or that shock and restore the spin rate of the electrons. And people then see, like for me, I had panic attacks after my car accident. I was trying to get out of my car unconsciously and I was trapped in it. And that was it. That was my nervous system went to town with that. So we can use it for um, situations like that, or we can use it for after a grief or after a after suppression, whatever it may be that, that has changed the organism on the mental emotional state, we can use homeopathy to then restore how the electrons spin and restore um, the healing that can occur in that area by removing the suppressive thing. So let's say somebody had a big grief, and they weren't able to cry. We could see this was like more of a a suppression. We weren't able to fully express the emotions and let them play all the way out. So in turn, we can have mental, emotional symptoms develop. You give a remedy that addresses that, the organism maybe has one big cry or starts perspiring more, something to let it out more. And then we gradually see a shift on the mental, emotional layer, because it's gradually changing the way that the electrons spin um, and taking it out of that suppressed state into a, into its more fuller, healthier, full expression. I'm not sure if that made sense, but. <laughs> so,
1: no, it it makes sense. It's so crazy cool. So, like, unlike medicine where there's, okay, you have this symptom or this condition, take this medicine. Could it yeah. be that? So let's use the example of somebody who is suppressing grief. Uh-huh. Would, would that be, is there like a suppression grief remedy or would you have to see what was going on with that individual person? And for some, for one person, it might be one thing. And for someone else, it might be something else.
2: Yeah. That's exactly that you will take. Um. So on the mental, emotional symptoms, let's say suppression of grief, you would take that into the highest consideration. So it definitely would have to have a remedy that covers that in a great like in a big way. <laughs> and so, um, so
1: there are certain remedies where it's like these certain are really good grief them. remedies. Yes.
2: OK. And some will, some will um, not be able to cry. Others will have diarrhea instead of crying. Others will be really apathetic and depressed. Others will just like push through it, go on and live their day. And you won't. I had this client recently who, who's, um, she's got to be around our age, and her her husband unfortunately passed away from cancer, and she has well, I don't know three at least three kids. And if you talk to the, this individual, you would have no idea that that happened. There was no, uh, she wasn't able to go into the grief. She wasn't able to spend any time with it. It was just like, nope, kids are at school. I'm working out. I'm doing CrossFit. I'm getting the meat. You know, we, that's an example of a, a suppressed grief situation that, um, in, in time, that's gonna come out in some way, shape or form. If we can't fully express on the emotional level, it will come out in a different way. Maybe you'll have knee pain or arthritis, or sometimes we can look at cancer in that way or any condition we can look at at that way. The body will get to a point where it has to let it out in some way. So if we can get the organism to let it out in grief or in, in its own natural way by using homeopathy, it can do huge things for for people. So um it's great for suppressed grief for and, and there are a few remedies who definitely cover that that area.
3: Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay,
1: so then in the more looking at a more sort of acute physical situation. So mm-hmm. earlier this week we um you know, you were a panelist on our spike protein discussion, yeah, Um, for the QBC members, and we were talking about blood clots, and uh-huh. uh, yes, and so like Dr. Stephen Hesse gave like a really great explanation of like what causes blood clots, yeah, and then and then you were like yes, and then you have to look at, you know, because someone was asking about, I think her sister had had a blood clot yeah. situation, right, yeah. and you were like what happened before that blood clot was,
3: came yeah. Out. Like,
2: yeah. was she
1: coughing? Was she sleeping? Was it, you know, yeah. you had all of yeah. these tiny little questions yeah. that were, that you would have, you know, if had this person been your, your client, you would have asked. So what's yeah. like, what are those clues that you're looking for?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I, I think today, and this is really, really important because today, we can get a diagnosis or a symptom and we can say oh that's leaky gut or oh this is that and we can say oh this is the protocol for that. And not that those things can't be helpful, but um I like to dig a little bit deeper because why one person gets a blood clot is not going to be you know can be drastically different from why 50 other people get blood clots. Even if it's from like after the effects of um, a vaccination. It, do, it it doesn't matter if it's the same thing, that individual is going to have different symptoms. And we wanna get curious about that individual's symptoms. So we had an example of, of I think uh, a pregnant woman going into labor and experiencing some bleeding issues. I, I think in the panel, we talked about this. And so we wanna get curious about, well, was she stressed before the labor was um was there any grief in in that process like was there any grief in the in the relationship before the the labor were there any bleeding issues in her life before then was there any uh, family members who had bleeding issues because we can see how far back does the pathology go is this like a genetic predisposition that goes way back and now if this is expressing this genetic predisposition, that can take longer to heal than um, uh, depending on how far it goes back. So basically the questions are tracking um, the history of the illness, how many generations it goes back, but also is the clot bright red or is it like dark and purple because that's going to be a different treatment in homeopathy than if the clot was bright red. So we really want to get an idea of the individual's expression um, because we want to match the remedy with that expression. And that's how we have the biggest successes with um, treating treating somebody. And I want to mention that a lot of people think that homeopathy is like, oh, I like hit my elbow and I need Arnica. It's like, no, I've treated, um, I can't, I can't say treated, but I've, um, dealt with cancer, heart disease, high blood pressure, stroke, um, uh, asthma. You just name the list. It, It is very powerful. Um, schizophrenia even I, it's very powerful. Um, When you know, for for any issue that somebody's dealing with, it's not just like I sprained my ankle and I'll take some. One of the most commonly known remedies is arnica. It's like, it's deeper than that. It has a lot of potential.
3: Yeah.
1: So, homeopathy can be used to really seriously treat. Yeah. Everything and serious things like very serious conditions.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there? So, um, I recall like being, uh, exposed to the concept that it is more difficult for somebody who's in a very, um, low energy state uh-huh. to feel with an energetic modality. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, do you see that with homeopathy? Like if somebody is generally speaking in a healthy state and they're going outside and they have, yeah regulated circadian rhythms, and then they have something happen, would homeopathy work better for that person than somebody who is totally depleted? does it it make a difference?
2: Honestly, honestly, I wish I could say, yeah, it makes a big difference, but it doesn't. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good news, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't, but the treatment approach is a little different. Like maybe somebody who doesn't go outside or who works in front of the desk, the treatment's going to take longer for that person to get to an improved, a drastically improved state of health versus somebody who has a quantum lifestyle down. The healing definitely can be expedited for sure, but it doesn't. It can work for both ends okay. of the spectrum.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is like, can homeopathy
1: work for anybody, no matter what? state you're
2: in? Yeah, that's a good question. So there are incurable cases, um, and these would be cases that are uh, very advanced and really advanced chronic diseases, end-stage cancer, um, juvenile diabetes, um, you know, advanced cases of schizophrenia. There are advanced cases where you can use homeopathy to palliate the situation, but you're not gonna get a full cure because you'll get to this place where you give a remedy and actually the organism cannot get an aggravation from that remedy. Because the immune system has been so suppressed, it's unable to elicit a healing response. So those cases are what we consider to be more palliative cases. Um, So there are situations where it can't get to a full, "Quote unquote cure," right? I'm not diagnosing or anything like that, but that's just the language we use in homeopathy. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a panacea for for everyone, right? And you definitely have to get the correct remedy. If you take a remedy and it's incorrect, you'll be like, "Oh, homeopathy doesn't work." And you have two thousand to choose from, so you have to nail it, <laughs> you know, to to get the effects. So, how do you
1: how do you nail it? Do you have to pick a really good homeopath? And I've also heard that some use, there's software systems to choose.
2: Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) this is, no, this is a good (laughs) question. You do have to choose a good homeopath. There's, there's a, there's a lot to kind of, you know, sift and sort through that's, that's really important. And, um, you have to know what questions to ask someone. You can't just come in and somebody says, Oh, I have high blood pressure. And this is my lab work. And that's it. It's like, there's, that can be helpful, but then we have to dig deeper with the very specific questions. Um, so the questions are absolutely key to the intake process. Um, because it's going to lead you to the right remedy. You're going to get the essence, the expression of that individual and be able to match the remedy to that expression and then help them move, move forward with their healing. Um Yeah. So, and
1: okay. And, and so that ties back to what I was saying earlier. So yes, the homeopathy is not a panacea, just like the sun is not a panacea. There are things that really, 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 really help and make a difference and are foundational. Um, but what you are saying is that anybody could benefit from homeopathy. You You don't need to be any, in any type of. Right. a certain state of health already, like it will do, yeah. it will
3: find a way to
2: work. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on the constitution, and this is something that's very individual, you, you know, your homeopath could help determine in the session of how long is it going to take for you to feel relief? How long is it going to take for you to get to where you want to go? Because it's not just a cut and dry answer of, oh, you know, one week after homeopathy, it's like, it's very dependent on your constitution, your genetic predisposition, how many suppressives you've had, are you currently on medication? What's your current lifestyle like? We have to factor all of these things in um, before just saying, "Hey, you'll feel better in a few weeks." You know, right? Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of room for growth with this medicine for for sure, and I think we could really um, individuate our our individuate medicine more by using this uh, approach more so yeah right now.
1: and for 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 other practitioners who are not homeopaths mm-hmm. um how would you recommend referring right like I can you know we were talking about this on on uh, the coaching call for the certification yesterday right and it's like yeah of course there's going to be moments where you're like you know what I'm I'm not sure what to do next like let me consult with my mentors or let me like bring this to my to my case study group and it seems to me like homeopathy might be a really great um treatment to layer in yeah so is there could you like suggest to people the practitioners how they would know when it's like a good time to be like oh, why don't you, we add a remedy to this or why don't you Yeah. Kind of, like, uh, refer, refer over to a, for a homeopathic, okay, on things,
2: I would say if you see a condition that's not really improving, that's there's usually some sort of block to treatment, which is probably some sort of suppressive, whether it's a pharmaceutical or whether it's some sort of trauma or grief or emotional disturbance. If we don't see real improvement, that could be. A great avenue for homeopathy because it can kind of get into these nooks and crannies that um other forms of medicine um, aren't really able to access at this time. So I would say that I would say if there was a some sort of mental emotional issue at the core, this issue started after my divorce. This issue started after I saw my son die. this you know a a, a traumatic experience or a a big mental emotional disturbance homeopathy can be an invaluable modality in those situations um and then if we know that the issue got worse after a suppressive therapy um like after suppressive therapy being like antibiotics yeah Like antibiotics, a vaccination, a steroid drug, a topical ointment or cream, um, even things like, and we don't think about this, even things like uh, people today, they have warts, they have skin tags, they go get them cut off. That's the, the disease like coming out of your skin, protecting your internal organs. And when we cut things off like that, then the pathology starts to work its way back in. So even like little things like this, it's like, you know, so, um, anything we suppress, if anything has started after a suppression, um, that's a really great time for homeopathy as well.
3: Yeah.
1: Those are really, okay. Really great. So after, if something had started after an extreme trauma, after a suppressive event, or the the person is doing everything in the, they're just not getting all, getting the way. Yes. Yeah. Time to hit up the energy medicine.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. So to wrap up, I just want to talk because I think I find this I find this topic really fun. So you mentioned different constitutions.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Right.
1: So um for our last topic, could you sort of talk about the from a homeopathic perspective, what different constitutions are and what (laughs) <laughs> what that looks like because I, I remember reading yes. this when, yes when we landed on mine right like i read remember reading the description of what that people are like i was like
2: oh yeah that's pretty much <laughs> that. <So> there <laughs> it is there <laughs> i am <laughs> right here in
1: that little paragraph
2: <laughs> yeah uh constitution oh yeah right it's so, so fun yeah. yeah
1: so just if you could just maybe give profiles of like the most common types or what that
2: yeah i would love to i'll preface by saying we all have layers. So um, we, with your your constitutional type that you're presenting with today, once you um, heal that layer with homeopathy, a new layer will come up and a new constitution mm. will come up. So uh, if you start to read about constitutional homeopathy after this this podcast, um, know that um, under that this is this is how uh, it's not just you're like a napmer for the rest of your life. You're NatMur okay. until you take NatMur. And then a year later, you're probably going to be CPR or something else. Right. Okay. So we all so have, it's not,
1: ways. it's not, a, a, the, the constitution isn't who you are forever. It's who you right. are. At that In time. this moment. Yes. Okay. All yes. right. Oh, that's a greater distinction. I didn't understand that part. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of different ones. I talked a little bit about sulfur today. It's basically like super messy and, um yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had somebody come visit us a while back as you know, kind of a friend. And you know, she comes in, she throws her stuff on our bed, she like goes over to the fireplace and like starts making a fire and she got like charcoal all over her face, like on it <laughs> She's got like it's like, I don't need to really do an incident. Please just take sulfur. Here you go. Yeah. This is like <laughs> totally sulfur. I mean, it was just classic. <laughs> um, and, and so, and then we have something like on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have our Arsenicum album who is very neat and almost like OCD and very concerned about their health. And they, um, they tend to be very organized and you walk into their house and they're like sweeping the floor behind you and they're like making sure everything looks perfectly and in order. And um, you know, this is more of an arsenicum album type of person. Um, and you know, we have Nux Vomica. This is a, this is a good one where the person who's like you're driving down the road and they're like, bim bim bim, they're like banging on the horn and they're irritable and they're angry and they're like swearing at you out the window. It's like the New York City. You know, maybe half of them need Nux Vomica, but the- <laughs> <laughs> there's like this kind of energy to that. Right. Person. And in the session, you want to get an essence for where they're at. You want to get an understanding for how is this person expressing themselves when they're angry? Do they shove it down, or are they like Noxomica and they're literally like swearing at people outside the you know across the street? Right. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of different different constitutions, um, and you have like sagria who is the usually, the the woman in the relationship who just does things without um, is kind of in an abusive relationship or a relationship where she's not getting her her needs met. and but she just like takes it and she doesn't have the courage to or the strength to leave. She doesn't you gave them staphosagari and she's like, peace. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> yeah, time to go. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of different constitutions, but those are those are some of them.
1: That's so fun. Yeah. And so and so in a in a constitutional homeopathic treatment, you would treat one and then see the person again a little while later and see what was going on. Yeah. If, if they had moved on to another one or whatever. And and
2: then how do you know when you're done? Okay. So um, how do you know when you're done with homeopathy?
1: Yeah. Like if you were treating someone constitutionally and not, not for physical where, you know, they just, they feel better and their symptoms are gone. How do you know?
2: When the mental emotional state feels in a better place. That's one thing. Unless you're treating a physical pathology and that's in a better place. Today, most people have some mental emotional pathology that goes along with their health struggles, whether it's depression or some anxiety or some suppressed grief or uh, irritability or anger issues, you know, etc. cetera. So um, usually when we see a change in the mental emotional state, that's a huge um, improvement. And usually what I see is we treat the mental emotional first. That's always a priority. Usually some of the physical symptoms will start to change as well, but the mental emotional gets like so much better. And then we see like physical symptoms. That's a really good sign. People are like, Oh, I dealt with that years ago, this sinus thing. And then you treat the mental emotional state and the sinus thing comes back and it's like, well, maybe you didn't quite get the whole." Thing out. And so then we can see more physical symptoms coming up and treat those. But usually when the, um, when the mental emotional state improves and, you know, chronic things on the physical level improve, that's a good time where you only need homeopathy, probably in emergency situations. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Last question for real.
2: Cool. Good. So yeah.
1: you You earlier, you mentioned Arnica right yeah and like I have a little thing in my cupboard with all these remedies honestly though I hardly ever use them because I really yeah. don't know what yeah. I'm doing yeah. but uh I took a little class once when the children were really young and I knew what I was doing for like three months after that and then I forgot um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
2: love it. yeah so remedy for
1: that Yeah, <laughs> um, <I think> so. <laughs> so is it is it uh would you say it's safe and effective for people to have some homeop pathic remedies at home that you get at whole foods or whatever
2: or is it better
1: to just see a professional
2: well it's always best to see a professional if you don't know what you're doing because there are some very subtle things that are important like sometimes repeating a remedy for several days isn't a good idea sometimes it's a great idea sometimes it can be the right remedy but the wrong potency so it it can be helpful um have an understanding of what you're doing. Now you can go to my site and I have for a dollar, a homeopathic home kit guide of a a company that I recommend getting your remedies from and which ones to have on hand and some general things of like when to use that remedy. You know, if you want to start there, you go ahead. I have a foundations course on my site. You can take any time if you want to learn a little bit more about homeopathy and then if you want to dive in, I have a practitioner training course also that is my next round is starting this September where it's a year and a half. Oh, training.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I wanted to wrap up on that.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so it's a year and a half training where I train you how to be a classically trained homeopath and, um, we learn all the remedies and we have live clinic cases and it's a weekly class. Um, and, uh, yeah, I train you how to be a, a classically trained homeopath. So then at the end you can go and you can see clients or, you know, if you're a practitioner in whatever realm, you can add that to your practice. Um, so yeah, the application for that's actually open right now and you can go to my site, um, to, uh, to apply or read more about the training.
1: Awesome. Um, and
2: yeah. the site, uh, just say the name of the site. Yeah. It's just my name, Shepherd.
1: Okay, yeah. that's yeah. not as simple as it sounds. It's true. So it's Heather H e a t h a r, mm-hmm. and there's it's working with you. I've discovered there's like seventy five ways to spell Shepherd. That's right. <laughs> so it's S h e p a r d. That's it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, we will also put a link in the show notes, so nobody has to remember that. But that's that's beautiful. So there. So you have the practitioner training. Which yeah. is a year and a half yeah. for people who want to incorporate it into their practice, and then yeah. for for moms, dads, parents, caregivers, yeah. people who just want to use it within their families and their themselves, there's the foundation support.
3: Yeah. yeah yeah
1: perfect. That's such a great idea a yeah. wonderful service to offer. and yeah. yeah, I mean, I really this is really amazing, I think, you know as as we understand more and more about quantum I think homeopathy. is. Yeah. Homeopathy is due for a renaissance, I believe.
2: agree. Yeah. <laughs> great. I'm glad we could talk about it here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Same. This is so great, Heather. Thank you yeah. so much.
2: You bet.
0: This has been the Quantum Biology Collective podcast. To find a practitioner who practices from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely take a look at the Applied Quantum Biology Certification, a six-week study of the science of the new human health paradigm and its practical application with your patients and clients. We also love to feature graduates of the program on this very podcast. Until next time, the QBC.